Hello everyone and welcome to Views Our Own and another episode of New Voices where we talk to young talented journalists about their work, personality and future careers. I'm joined as always by the lovely Misha. Hi there. And today we're talking to Izzy Jani Friend. Hi. Izzy is a freelance writer and journalist who's been published in a variety of places, including Vice and The Guardian. She specializes in writing about issues of inclusivity within disability and is here to talk to us all about her wonderful work. Izzy, it's a pleasure having you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So um, would you like to tell us a bit more about who you are and essentially how you entered into this strange and miraculous industry that is journalism? Yeah, sure. So I am a freelance journo and a campaigner. Um, and I mainly focus around like health and feature writing and yeah, written for a few nationals like The Guardian, Vice, Independent. And then I do a lot of campaigning around access to medication and the NHS. Um, and I got into journalism about a year and a half ago now actually and that was through an internship I did at The Guardian but before that I was writing a blog about living with CF and I also did student media. An internship at The Guardian sounds amazing how'd that go and how did that come about? Yeah it was really good actually so it was through their positive action scheme so I got in through my disability. It was a two-week internship and it was just like really cool to be able to be in an actual newsroom and just see how everything works. And I also got to pitch and write my very first article, which was honestly a dream. I did not expect to be able to do that as my first article. But yeah, it's cool. That's amazing. We'll be talking about the article a bit more later on. It's such a great read and touching. So since that internship what areas of journalism have you been especially interested in in terms of styles of writing so like features opinion pieces like that first article you wrote for the guardian or where do you kind of see yourself in the industry so I think I very much started out writing opinion pieces because I had a lot to say and I wanted to share my own stories to make it a bit more powerful but I definitely think that it's changed a bit more I write more features now to like highlight other people's stories as well and I, I really like health writing and like writing about health policy as well doing a course um with the press association to get my nctj um at the end of january so I'm really hoping I can start doing more like investigative journalism and like breaking news I'd really like to do breaking news I think that'd be so fun for a bit but I do really like health writing since uh, you started working in the industry, how do you feel your style of writing, having gone from a very sort of personal blog, you described writing about your disabilities before, to writing in more sort of feature pieces, how do you think your style and approach to researching and devising topics has changed in that time? I think at the start, it was very focused on what I knew and like my lived experience, whereas how it's changed is that I'm looking at other people's experiences and what's relevant and like hooking that to news events which I didn't really do at the start because I was just writing advice on living with cystic fibrosis and then even my first few opinion pieces were about very specific events related to me so I wrote a lot about access to a new cystic fibrosis drug and so now I'm writing much more yeah just like developing my style and tone of writing by just like reading all different types of articles and all different like publications just so I can see how things are written and like pick up styles depending on who I'm pitching to so yeah I think it's just very much me learning as I go and picking up 
skills as I go along yeah I think that's all of us to be fair isn't it just kind of figuring things out as we go along I found Um, this yeah but we'll all get there eventually so since that piece you've written for the Guardian and that internship you did what's kind of been your other what have been some of your other favorite opportunities or experiences that you've had so far um one of my favorites was one of the most recent pieces I've done for Vice being being able to write for them was honestly a dream I like never thought that would happen this year and it was a really cool way to like finish off my work year and that was it was really nice to be able to speak to loads of people who've kind of been through similar experiences so they've gone through discrimination at work which is obviously not nice I really wish that hadn't happened to them discrimination due to their disability um but it was just nice to be able to share their stories and show that this still does happen and change really does to happen now and that was yeah really important for me and then also I've been able to speak at quite a lot of like conferences and events which has been really cool yeah and that's just been a dream as well I didn't really know that I was into public speaking but I am so yeah that was really cool well we're certainly glad you are as it makes you to be such a wonderful guest aside from your writing you've also described yourself as an activist would you like to describe how that side of you has really developed over the last few years and how you feel like the activism you've done has impacted your writing and and indeed vice versa yeah well so i wrote a couple of pieces about access to cystic fibrosis medication and this campaigning organization read it and got in touch with me and basically through them i wrote some blog pieces for their website and then i just kept working with them and became a patient leader for them they're called just treatment and i got involved very much in the last few months with their campaign around the covid vaccine and making sure that it's available to everybody in the world no matter where they live and that's been really cool i've spoken at events for uh, the world transformed and global justice now about a people's vaccine and i think it really has developed my writing because i've seen how much policy and decision making can affect people's everyday lives and it and I really want to make a change and help for that. That's the most important thing to me, like being able to help people. That's why I really liked health writing, because although I know I have personal experience, I also know that because of that, I can help people and raise awareness. And then through writing, I get to like do what I love, which is, yeah, writing. But then through the campaigning, I also get to like help actually fight for a difference. So yeah, I love doing both of them. That sounds like such a great experience and some incredibly important work you're doing. So you should be really proud of yourself. I think it's amazing that you're balancing that with freelancing because we all know how, you know, time consuming and exhausting and frustrating freelancing can often be. So it's great that you're doing both and having such a great impact through both of those things. If you think about, you know, yourself way before you started freelancing, maybe, or, you know, anyone else starting out in the journalism industry, what's some advice you'd have for them in terms of, you know, starting to maybe get internationals or just generally learning about the industry and putting themselves out there? I guess there's quite a lot of things that I would say, but I think one of the main points I would like to make is that people shouldn't get disheartened when they see other freelancers getting commissions and writing articles. They're not seeing how many rejections they've got or how many pitches they've sent out that haven't got a response. And I think that that would be so, that's like so important to remember is that you will get rejections and you will get ignored, but that's okay. And that doesn't mean that you're not a good journalist. It's just, you know, there might not be budget. People get so many pictures every day. They might not have seen it. Might just not be right for them. And I would also say, 
like read and get to know the publication that you're pitching for so you can sort of see the style of writing if there's if it's like a feature you want to write about read some of their features to see how they format it so that you can tailor it to pieces that they already they've already published and then I guess another thing like the final thing that I would say is you don't have to write about your trauma or your life experiences if you don't want to you should never have to share things that make you feel uncomfortable just to get an article out there so I would say just be careful in terms of that because sometimes you end up you might end up saying too much that you regret later on so just be careful for your own like mental health there's some very important sentiments and yeah whilst there can be a huge amount of pressure on people to try and always produce you know the most like personal stuff because it, they felt their experience taking care of your mental health and ensuring that you're not going beyond your means that the importance of that cannot be understated. So thank you so much, Izzy, for sharing that. But speaking of articles that from, that come from your experience, we now like to turn to one of the articles that you've uh, talked about as being one of your favorites. One a piece written for the Guardian entitled "My Disabilities Are Invisible. I Shouldn't Have to Prove Them to Strangers." And this was posted August 2019. So congratulations on having a, a piece in the Guardian so early on. Do you want to tell us about how that came about? Um, yeah, so this is the piece I'd probably say I'm most proud of. It was my first commission, and it was when I was um, in my internship at The Guardian. And I knew very early on when I was starting out in this industry that I wanted to be able to raise awareness about invisible disability in general. I could never even have imagined getting into a national at that point. So the fact I had that opportunity, I was like, I want to make sure I'm talking about what's so important to me with this, because op- I may never get to write for a national again. Like, I had no idea. So I, yeah that's how it really came about and then I wanted I was on the opinions desk so I um, wanted to be able to share my own experiences I think that that can be really powerful when you're talking about something like that it's definitely a really amazing touching article so do you want to just tell us a bit more about kind of the way you wrote it what you kind of considered including in it and how you kind of developed the piece so I basically was sat next to my mentor and I just sent him an email with my pitch and I'd never pitched before so I really didn't know what I was doing he just said write your idea why you should write it right it's relevant now and I just typed something up um, and he liked it which was really lucky because I was so scared and I'd like run to the toilet to hide from (laughs) so that I couldn't see his face when he read it and then yeah I just wanted it to be about like generic invisible disability and to be like look we there's so many people with invisible disability there's one in 10 a lot of people are going to be going through something and it's just about keeping an open mind and not immediately judging somebody before you even like got to know them and I think so I have a couple stories of like discrimination I've experienced from using disabled priority seating and disabled toilets so I wanted to sort of share that and say how overwhelming it's been and quite intimidating especially as a teenager like when I was using the disabled spaces and people would like yell abuse at me I was so scared I didn't want to say anything and I I was very shy back then so it was really hard for me and I wanted to like as well as like raise awareness and to tell people you know don't judge someone I also wanted to give like confidence to people with invisible disabilities that they could try and speak up for themselves because that is important as well but I also wanted to like show the initiatives that were available to help people too so there's the blue badge scheme so that people can use disabled parking and the please offer me a seat on the tube so that you it's like a badge that you wear um and I I haven't I haven't got one because I've not like really been on any public transport recently but um I think the hope is that um you'll get a seat and people won't ask you to move so yeah I think that 
the initiatives are really great, but it's people's perceptions and like prejudice that is, is the real problem. And that's why I wanted to write this piece because I know after I wrote it, people in my life was, came up to me and said, oh, I'm really sorry. I so often have questioned why people have been parking in disabled spaces because they look fine. And they were like, I'm really sorry, I won't do that again. And even just to have people that I know say that and change their mindset on it is just really like amazing. And even if like two or three other people had that same change in attitude, that could have made such a difference to the day of someone that's disabled. No, that's a, a wonderful thing. And it's really nice that you're able to see the impact that you've had on these people and showing how because of what you've done, the treatment of other people will inevitably make the world a better place. Now, when you sent it to the editor, how did they respond? I mean, I, mean, I imagine it must have been a nerve-wracking experience, but were they asking for any particular edits or changes or suggestions that allowed it to develop and that you found helpful? So it was kind of confusing because... My mentor then was off for a bit, so somebody else then read my piece and she printed it out and sat down with me, which I know is super unusual and like unless you're on an internship or actually there, that probably won't happen. But she like printed it out and sat with me and said that I should make my stories a bit more visual so that people can like imagine it. So adding in a bit of like the scene, so like where I was, if I can create like an image almost like a story. Um, and I didn't I hadn't really thought about that and I think for opinion pieces that kind of stuff is really important so I just like made my stories a bit more vivid and that was it really and then we sent it off to another editor and he didn't make any changes so that was really good yeah I mean normally you're not going to get them to like print out and sit down with you like they'll just email you obviously when you're freelancing you're like not working in an office or anything but um, yeah that I mean that was like unusual (laughs) That sounds like such a valuable and really helpful experience being able to sit down with an editor in that way and kind of get direct feedback like that. Once the piece was published, what kind of reaction did you get maybe from the general public, maybe online, from other disabled people, other journalists maybe, and yeah, just anyone who read the piece really? I mean, generally on the like on the whole, it was a very positive reaction. And a lot of disabled people were coming to me saying, like, thank you so much for writing this piece. I've been through pretty much very similar experiences to you. And it's just like so good that you're raising awareness kind of thing. So that was like really nice. And then I mean everybody I know like really liked it and said it was an important piece, but I mean that could just be because they know me. But yeah, and even like general public, it was pretty good reaction. I mean, there were some people who were like, Why didn't I stand up for myself? or I'm just like a whining or an intention seeking. And I just think there's always going to be people like that. And I just think it's like kind of funny. Like, I don't really care because I know that that's not true. So, yeah, but it was on the whole, it was really good. And I think that even now people like still read that piece, which is why it's one of the pieces that I'm so proud of, because the impact of it is still like ongoing and it's still so relevant. Like it will be relevant for like, you know, until things change. And looking back on that piece now, after a year and a half of you know, further experience and further writing. Do you think that what you write today, you write it in a slightly different style or in a different format? Or are you perfectly happy and you stand by the way you wrote it before? And that's equally as valid as an answer, let me just say. <laughs> to be like arrogant, I would, I'm would. i happy with it. Like I still look at that piece and I'm like, oh my gosh. I like, look at it before I write a new piece, like just to get into that frame of mind. I wouldn't change how I wrote it at this stage. Maybe in like a few years I might think differently, but right now I'm happy. That sounds like... The- the perfect outcome almost then you know obviously it's a piece that's got such had such a great impact on 
lot of people and has, you know, really opened people's eyes to an issue that they didn't know about before. And that's really important. I think it's amazing that you've managed to achieve that so early in your career. And yeah, I'm sure you'll continue working on articles like that that will help loads of people and just be, I guess, inspiring and educational and just really great. Now, Misha, is it time for a quick fire? I believe it is. Okay. So we'll just ask you some questions, Izzy, and just answer as things pop into your head. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So let's start with magazines or newspapers? Newspapers. Print or digital? Digital. When you're not writing, what are you doing? Boxing or watching musicals. Love that. I think Ella last time was said she did kickboxing as well, didn't she? It sounds it seems like that's a running theme in the <laughs> young journalism, new journalist community. Which young journalists is... have a lot of rage. Yeah, we need to let out <laughs> against <laughs> against the media industry. I think it's, at some point, once uh, mass gatherings can be allowed again, we all just need to meet up somewhere collectively in the middle and set up our own fight club. Yes. <laughs> That sounds like such a great idea. Anyway, um, what about, what is your dream holiday destination? Um, India, because I could visit my family. Oh, nice. That's lovely. I love India as well. I've, I was, went there for like, when I was younger once. It was so, I want to go back and like explore more so badly. I want to just see everywhere in the world, basically. Yeah, no, I do no. want to just like travel the world. Especially this year, since travel hasn't really been possible. It's such a like burning desire to just go and yeah. explore different places and, explore, and meet new people and see the wonders of the world. I always go to like, I always go like, I've been t- quite lucky in that I've been able to do quite a lot of traveling, but I always like see, you know, go to a country and see loads of it. And then I'm like, I come home and I'm like, okay, I want to go back and see the rest now because <laughs> there's obviously no way you can actually cover every you know you can't go to every single place if you're on like a month-long trip or something like that yeah or if it's like you know pre-organized travel groups and that kind of stuff and I'm always like oh my list just never gets shorter (laughs) exactly okay shall I take the wings and ask a couple of questions go for it okay Izzy who are some of your favorite journalists to read and listen to oh um okay yeah so I really love Frances Ryan. She is a columnist at The Guardian and she just writes such great pieces. And she's been doing like a lot of coverage about people who have been shielding in the pandemic, which I've been. So I found her articles just really relatable and I just, they're really good. Um, and I also really love Moya Lothian McLean. I think she's amazing. She's the politic editor for Galdem and her articles are just so well written and I just yeah I just love writing style so yeah they're my two favorites probably no perfect great names to check out continuing on from that theme who would you personally love to interview if you got the chance I would love to interview Octavia Spencer because she's been in such a wide range of films and I I just have would have so much to ask her and she's just incredible no good answer I mean she was certainly very good in the shape of water I'd love to ask her about that uh yeah. continuing on who are some of your favorite musicians to listen to you mentioned you loving musicals any ones in particular that you can recommend um i love just a musical soundtrack but i really like bastille um i love lizzo uh, billy eilish and 
I don't know if this is like a guilty pleasure, but to me, it's like my greatest pleasure. But I love JLS. I don't know if that's tragic, but I'm tragic wow. while enjoying the music you enjoy. I really dislike when people like at the you know at the end of the year when everyone posts their Spotify Wrapped. I used to get so stressed over mine because I was like, oh my god, what if people judge me? And now I'm just like, I don't care. Have my you know Taylor Swift and I don't know what else is on there. I've completely forgotten already. But I was yeah, everyone's just enjoy the things yeah, you enjoy yeah i know i know i should yeah, yeah. I, I so don't worry about it at all <laughs> thank you they've reunited i was meant to be seeing them in december but obviously that got cancelled so i'm just hoping i can see them in the summer when they're no that would be good reschedule yeah hopefully they reschedule because that would be great i love seeing like it's great seeing your favorite band like live yeah so good mm. another thing we all the nostalgia miss. of concerts <laughs> Oh, well. Um, no, have you, glad you enjoyed that. And I'll ask one last question. What is your favourite film to watch? Okay, this is another one that maybe I'll get judged for. But I love The Parent Trap, the one with Lindsay Lohan. And it's like it's my favourite film. It's a classic. Yeah. I just, I re-watch it all the time, like every week. I, and I, like, I love it. <laughs> it's so, I just don't know what it is about that film. It's just so good. Fair enough. So... Uh, with that, we've unfortunately come to the end of this episode of New Voices. Thank you so much, Izzy, for coming on. Thank you for having me. So where can our listeners find you and connect with you on social media? So my Twitter is iJarneyFriend and my Instagram is IsabelJarneyFriend. Perfect. So go give Izzy a follow over there then, guys. And whilst you're happening onto the Twitter app, why not follow us as well? You can find us under the tag ViewsOurOwn and you can also find us under the same name on Instagram, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and have a wonderful new year. Take care. Bye.